The Force is back, and according to my producer, Deanne, it's better than ever. Writer-director George Lucas has added 90s technologies to the blockbuster movie and is making plans for a new trilogy. Up next, we'll have a behind-the-scenes look at the new Star Wars. We will hear from George Lucas as well. Hang on to your lightsaber. We're about to go into hyperspace next on News Call Live. points is jason and it's gabe welcome to our may the 4th spectacular if you're listening on the day the episode comes out this is our much anticipated may the 4th episode trying to think has this has this happened before when we had an episode actually coming out on may the 4th i think this is the first time it's like may the 4th has been on a tuesday since we've been doing the podcast which is worked out wonderfully this year because yeah this is an episode we thought about doing this episode a couple months ago and we were like no we need to save this for may the 4th because it's it's extra special yeah this is our favorite kind of star wars love the best kind of star wars love real right off the street star wars love (laughs) so what what we're talking about here with this episode is in 1997 on kcra news In Sacramento, there was a special. There was a live news call-in show all about the special editions. Well, and you got to remember 1997 was after, what, the longest stretch of no new Star Wars movie ever since the Star Wars was a thing. And the special editions were literally that day, I think, right? It was when this aired the day they were, the uh, New Hope came out. And we were beginning to hear about Phantom Menace and people were starting to go crazy. And anywhere and everywhere that could have a story about Star Wars did. Special edition fever was everywhere. There was a Howie Long Fox Channel special just all about why Star Wars is so great. There was like an MTV special there's several MTV specials. I feel like there was a whole MTV special where they pretty much just talked about 
Digital Jabba and how it was the most groundbreaking special effects anyone had ever seen. Yeah, anyone that would listen to them talk about Digital Jabba, they would tell you about Digital Jabba. And we were ready for all of it. I've told the story many times on the podcast. It's worth telling again. Lost my mind. Bought a ticket for every showing for Friday and Saturday of the New Hope Special Edition. Ended up going... 11 times in two days nonstop. just all i did for two days was watch a new hope special edition in the theater you joined me did you come in the morning or halfway through in the afternoon i think i came in the morning so i got the whole saturday with you which was a lot of special edition <laughs> but it was worth it it was the only way to see the new stuff after i had already done an entire day i was like well at least at least tomorrow game's coming <laughs> so it'll be a little something different but it wasn't just us. Everyone had the fever. And this video is a perfect encapsulation of a moment in time of just Star Wars insanity. This video, and it's part of the reason why, too, we, we chose this to be our very special May the 4th episode. Because we, we had some other ideas that were like kind of like more like what, what Star Wars, you know, serious kind of thing. And then, no, it had to be this. Because this video is like the four major food groups of Blast Points. There's, there's Rick McCallum, there's Ben Burt, there's George Lucas, and there's people calling in and saying crazy things about Star Wars. <laughs> like, watching it again, getting ready, it's like, this video was made, or this live call-in show from 1997 was made all the way back then, I think for us in the year 2021. <laughs> yeah, it's the perfect storm of star wars-ness that we can't resist it, it called to us how did this video come on our radar we found out about it through friend of the show an amazing artist brandon bird and he posted it because his brother darren bird posted it on youtube and he like according to brandon there i think their mom was moving and they were packing up old videos and they found this video that young Darren, I believe recorded in special edition mania hype where they were just like Darren and Brandon were recording everything that had to do about the star Wars special edition. And that's really how all the best videos on YouTube come into existence is someone has a tape they forgot about that is literally just jam packed with solid gold. I'm just going to get a VHS tape. I'm going to record absolutely everything that has to do about the special edition. And I'm so happy that they did in Sacramento that Darren and Brandon Bird recorded this because now it exists for the world to see. And it is, yeah, the perfect example of special edition mania. It, we've said it many times ourselves, too. Like special edition mania, when we met... That was the thing where, that was driving us insane was, do you know that the special editions are coming out and there's figures coming back out and we've got to, we've got to be ready for this. And we would, yeah, <laughs> like, our life from like starting college up to the special editions, like the special editions were talked about at least once a day. And it, yeah, it was, it was not only is Star Wars coming back in theaters, there's new stuff in them. We don't even know what it's going to be, but there's new stuff in all of them, all three of them. There's going to be new stuff in Return of the Jedi. Can you even think about that? Yeah. The special editions mean so much to us. 
I would say just as much as the prequels. They are they are amazing memories for us. The special editions do not get the love. <laughs> like this, the prequels have had, are having their renaissance. They're in their renaissance. It's not even a renaissance. The prequels are beloved now. Special editions, <laughs> they still kind of get kicked around a little bit. Not by us. We love them. They're beautiful, beautiful things. Well, and and especially the '97 one because we've we've said this a million times now. At this point, they've continued to evolve into new things. That you know, '97 Java is like the holiday special now. Like it doesn't exist, <laughs> and you have to get like your old VHS tape out because it's just this moment in time of the ever evolving Star Wars motion picture thing where they're always changing and 1997 was a special time I'm here at a sneak preview for Star Wars a special edition let's check out the crowd seen this movie about 40 Luke I am your father how do you feel about seeing it on the big screen we want it I can't wait to see it on the big screen because I've never seen it before we're going in I lost my voice in there what'd you think everything that I wanted times 10 Star Wars the special edition rated PG back on the big screen January 31st So this video starts out the way I think all the best television shows about Star Wars are, is with two hosts who really are not interested in Star Wars <laughs> or necessarily even like Star Wars, but it's their job to talk about it because that's the, the hot thing happening and that's what the kids want to tune in to see. And we have, what, host uh, Walt Gray, who was... I'm assuming one of the hosts from the network, and then he brings in their movie expert. What's his title? He's entertainment reporter Mark Grexmeal. Which we should mention that Walt Gray, he's still on the news in California. There's probably people listening to this episode in California, and they're like, yeah, I know Walt Gray. I see him every day on the news. And what, Mark Grexmeal, he's, he, made, he made a hockey documentary. He's still out there doing stuff. These folks are still out there doing their thing. The highlight of their careers, I'm sure, was this moment with the live call-in show about the special editions. But that's a whole nother thing. Did, did they even watch the prequels? Have they watched the sequels? What did they think of Rogue One? Who knows? Do they even know? We don't know. So, yeah, we, we're introduced to Mark Grexmeal. And right away, we know we're in for a wild ride because he gives the Vulcan salute. <laughs> Which you think maybe is just a joke, but as the show goes on, you realize that maybe he's just really confused. <laughs> <laughs> and we also learn Mark's whole real kind of detailed story, his relationship with the movie Star Wars. Uh, you know, I haven't seen the movie, the, the first movie since it came out back in 1977. And who remembers that? Yeah, and I saw it, I think, about two months later, and everybody was talking about it. So when I saw it initially, the hype didn't quite, uh, mm -hmm. it, the movie didn't quite live up to the hype. But you, you were know, just a teen then. That's right, I was about uh, 19 years old. Uh, you don't have to give away all the 18 years old, 18 years okay, old. Okay, yeah, 16. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Let's, let's have him on. And he hasn't watched again since 1977, 
other than the press screening he saw the week before. I saw Star Wars sometimes summer 77. I don't, I don't get what the hype's all about. Didn't do anything for me. <laughs> Can we just find someone who's just seen Star Wars? They don't even have to like it. We just need someone who's seen it to come on the show, please. To, to answer trivia. <laughs> the show starts out strong because now we cut to an interview, a press conference they did with none other than George Lucas. It's like super fancy Lucas. He has a blue button-up shirt, no plaid. He's wearing a sport coat. He's drinking Evian water. Like, this is <laughs> top-shelf classy Lucas basically talking about how he's been wanting to fix the movies for 20 years and everyone that he works with is tired of hearing him talk about fixing the movies and they're so happy the special edition's finally coming out so he can just stop complaining about A New Hope. Because I've wanted to do this ever since I did the movie. You know, if you go back and you check the interviews of when I made the movie and everybody said, oh, this is so what I said, well, it didn't turn out very well. It's only about 40% of what I wanted it to be. You know, I'm really disappointed in it. And every interview, relentlessly, right through the thing. And everybody said, what is he talking about? This guy's got to be crazy. And so obviously everybody who works with me has been hearing this for 20 years. As a matter of fact, I think they were relieved. Well, finally, he's going to do it. He's going to get everybody. We don't have to listen to this anymore. You know, I was fortunate enough when this opportunity came up to what were we going to do for the 20th anniversary? You know, is it going to be a convention? Should we reissue the films and everything? And the idea of reissuing the films took hold. That's when I said, this is my chance. This is my chance to fix all those things. So uh, I took it. It's prime George Lucas. Just yeah. He's at the press conference. Never, never happy, never what I wanted. I'm going to change it again, though. Just don't make me do it. Just wait until 20 more years and I add a McClunky. Yeah, and then Walt Gray starts talking about how, you know, why not have a special edition? Why not bring the movies back into the theater? And he mentions how most people, it's either been 20 years since they saw it in the theater or, or they've only seen it on rent-a-tape. I mean, why not come out with this again? I mean, it's been 20 years. You have a whole generation that hasn't seen it. You may have seen it, you know, at home on a rent-a-tape, but... <laughs> oh, the good old days of rent-a-tape. Yeah, you know, it's a documentary on Netflix. I, I remember... Going to the old rent-a-tape. There's one rent-a-tape left in Alaska. Do you remember Do you remember what rent-a-tape smelled like? I do. Yeah, and Mark just seems completely, like, kind of flustered and confused by the whole Star Wars thing, right? Because he's, he's talking about, he was, a, yeah, Mark went to, like, a screening of the special edition, and he was just kind of, and... He describes, like, the audience reaction. And I went to the screening in Los Angeles. It was funny because you had all these Star Wars fans there. And every time a new scene would come up, I mean, a little, uh, uh, like a 10-second scene where... That was new. That's new. They would break into applause. There was a new effect on a scene. They would break into applause. Yeah. And that happened maybe 12, 15 times. And we were all looking at each other like, oh, I yeah. guess there must be something new here. It's like going to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I hope he was at an awesome show and, like, Grindian came out, and everyone's just like, yeah, Grindian! The Jawas come out, oh, yeah! (laughs) People doing the splits in the aisles. (laughs) It happened. Dodonna comes out. Someone does a backflip down the whole aisle. After all this, it's a great intro. We like already the show could just end, but no, the the real kind of show begins. We start getting the phone calls. That's the whole thing with this the live, the live phone calls from Star Wars fans all across 
Northern California. Yeah, this is what we're going to do in our May the 4th Spectacular here. We're going to play them all for you folks because every single one of these phone calls is the reason why we are doing this podcast for you right now. This is what we live for. This is the ultimate for us. The first caller really sets the tone for the rest of the the rest of the evening here. And actually, this isn't even the evening. I think this aired at like 8 o'clock in the morning. Because at first I was like, oh, there's a time, there's a clock on the screen. And I'm like, oh, this is 8 o'clock at night. And it's like, no, this is like first thing in the morning too. It's like Mandalorian. You got to wake up. <laughs> you got to get the hot, the hot scoops. But Patrick calls up and the first thing he asks is, I want to talk about the graphics. Let's go to Fairfield. Patrick, welcome to News Call Live. Hi. Um, I just want to talk about the graphics. And okay. I, I'm, I'm really surprised. I, I thought they were going to, I thought they weren't going to do that good, but they did pretty good. Uh, have you have you seen uh, some of the early stuff, Patrick? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with George Lucas. He he could have done better, but I think overall he did pretty good. Some people get on the case of the graphics in the in the special edition. I think he did. I'm I'm with Patrick. He did a great job. I'm a big fan of the graphics yeah. in the special edition. All of it. Well, and even in the original film, the graphics aren't bad. No, the graphics are great. Graphics have always been great. I could watch a grainy print projected on the side of a shoe, and the graphics look great. Yeah. But Patrick's not done, right? Patrick's got even more to say. Yeah. Okay. I have a quick trivia question. Okay, go for it. Um, how long was Jabba the Hutt on the first movie? He was not in the first film. I mean, not like, not first, all the films. Uh, I think, isn't there like a quick reference to him in the second and then it was in the third film, uh, Return of the Jedi, that he has his, uh, he has more scenes with Princess Leia. How was that, Patrick? Is that uh, close to it? Um, about. Patrick, he needed to know. How much is Jabba in these movies? Do you guys know? I want to know. He needs to know. Going into the special edition, he needs to be ready. Oh, okay, we need to move on. We got another call from Jesse. Hello. Hello, you're on the air, Jesse. Yeah, um, I, my, my question is, uh, now that they revealed Anakin Skywalker on uh, the third movie, how, how are they going to appear with Anakin Skywalker at a younger age? Can you give that away, or are you not sure? They... You know, I don't want to give away too much, uh, because it's funny, because... Jesse, that means Mark doesn't know. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> so, yeah, Mark, Mark doesn't know. No, I'm I'm even I'm even kind of confused by Jesse's question. Well, I think he's talking about we see ghost Anakin appear at the end of Return of the Jedi. And now we know that he's just a gentle old man. So when they go back to the new movies, when episode one comes out, how will young Anakin appear what will he look like? Would he look like a young, like, Sebastian Shaw? Is that what we're wondering about here? <laughs> yeah, maybe he's, yeah. Is the old man who played him in three going to play him as a child in the new movies? Maybe that's what he wants to know. There's all these computers now in 97. So, you know, you don't know what they're going to do with those computers. But they, yeah, they don't know. And then they're talking about how they were talking in the newsroom before the show started. And 
They bring up traffic Jim Jacobs. <laughs> we, we were talking in the newsroom uh, how some people in the newsroom were not born when the movie came out. Right, like traffic Jim Jacobs, That's who right. was so it's... gracious to allow us the, the use of his toys from his toy box. Yeah, brought us all Because he's toys. 20 years old and, and didn't see the movie when it first came out and probably will go to see yeah. it. But Jim Jacobs has all the toys, which yeah. he's so nicely allowed us to use on the set today. Yeah, there's certain aspects. Let's talk about all the, quote, all the toys. <laughs> That Traffic Jim Jacobs brought and are on the table. There's a few toys, but there's really only one toy you need to know. And it's the Jabba the Hutt toy, but it doesn't have any arms. <laughs> Nobody knows why. They don't know why. It's front and center on the table. Traffic Jim Jacobs, he's got all the toys. He was at his place in Sacramento somewhere gathering up his stuff this java doesn't have any arms no, no one will notice <laughs> yeah. it's great because they keep talking about you know how difficult it was to do cg java and how they had to make his digital arm go in front of harrison ford's real arm and they're talking about arms and then they cut to the java toy and it doesn't have any arms. <laughs> oh it's the best oh but he's he's got a good spread. He's got Han, he's got Luke, he's got Greedo, he's got 3PO, R2-D2, a hammerhead, and a sand person. So next we're going uh, to Mike from Elk Grove, who is at the uh, the coffee shop. This is a live video call. Mike, go ahead, please. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Oh, good. Um, I was wondering uh, about the, uh, the new movie coming out. Are they going to have... Uh, is it three releases out of all three movies? Yes, they're going to release all three of them. In fact, uh, the next one, Empire Strikes Back, comes out February 21st, and then Return of the Jedi comes out on March the 7th. And all, all three films have new material in them. Okay. How's that? Is that okay? You're going to go see them? Uh, yes, I'm going to see The Empire Strikes Back. All right. Yeah, the well, second film. well, thanks for participating today. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> wake me up when Empire comes out. That's the only one I'm going to go to. You can watch those other two. I'm just, I'm just gonna go see Empire. Then we go, we go back to the phone. We got, we got Paul from Rockland. Hey, how you doing? I'm well, thanks, Paul. Hey, I just wanted to call and say, uh, for the last 20 years, Star Wars has been a uh, great influence on my life, and I've just been excited about this uh, new release. How is it? Let me ask you this. How has it been a great influence on your life? Well, it's just... Uh, You've enjoyed it? I've enjoyed it, and ever since I was a kid, every time I've watched it, which has been quite a few times, uh, it's made me feel like that kid. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and I have seen it uh, remarkably 168 times. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. I'm a sick individual. Wow. So how, how often would you watch it, Paul? Oh, I'd say on an average four times a year. Right. Four now. times a year. That's not too bad. Yeah. That's not too bad. Okay, Paul, thank you uh, very much, and uh, happy viewing. Well, thank you. That's, that's all Paul needed to share. I wonder, what's his count at now? Oh, at least 169. <laughs> oh, hopefully he kept going after that screening of uh, the 97 special edition, but you never know. He might have stopped at 169. Uh, yeah, he just wanted to call and, you know, share share his love, as we do. Next up, we got Mark 
from Stockton. Go ahead, please. Hey, Walt. What's up, Mark? Oh, like Paul, I guess I'm a sick individual, and I have seen it, I can't even count how many times. More than 168? Uh, I would say it has to be close. Really? And that, that goes for all three episodes I have seen over 100 times. Well, I won't have to ask you what you do in your spare time, Mark. Oh, well, uh, I can come up with a few things to do. Hey, one thing I like about these movies, Walt, is that it is just good family entertainment. Absolutely. You're not, not going to find a whole lot of bad language, and good always triumphs over evil. you got to love it. Absolutely. Mark, thank you for your phone call. Yeah, it's hey, I got one more comment. Okay, Walt. quick. Hey, what happened to Mark Hamill? I've seen him once in Outer Limits, and he doesn't do a whole lot anymore. I see him he, once in a while on, on a couple of things. Yeah, but, he, uh, he's the voice of the Joker on the Batman animated uh, cartoon series, mm-hmm. and he's also uh, doing these com- uh, these games that go right to computer discs, the CD-ROM games, so he has, he has I think, a line of those. But he hasn't done much in the way of movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's Mark Hamill been up to? Oh, he's got a lot. He's got a bunch of CD-ROM games that he makes. <laughs> but you got to appreciate Mark calling up and asking about Mark Hamill. The Marks, Marks stick together. Mark asks Mark about Mark. Up next, we've got Brian. Let's hear, let's hear Brian's call. Hi. Um, I was in Davis, mm-hmm. and I went to the theater, and um, I guess I've been selling tickets since Wednesday, and I went there yesterday at noon, and they've already got two shows sold out. Really? Yeah, so it's pretty popular. <laughs> Brian is the, he's the man on the street. He's like, Mark, I was at the theater. People buying tickets. Shows are sold out. This thing is for real. Brian's just kind of making, making you worry you're not going to get tickets. Do you have any more tickets for the Star Wars? <laughs> Mark told me it was sold out on the news at 8 a.m. I'm just going to go back to bed. Then, okay, then they spend a little bit of time talking about the Jabba scene, right? It's, it's what everybody wants to know. And they got, we got, we got to talk about Jabba. Yeah, they turn up the heat right here. They get, they get into the Jabba scene. Mark keeps talking about how they shot it with a human actor. I don't know what other kind of actors are in uh, Star Wars movies, but not adult aliens or, or other other things. Uh, how was the first Jabba scene filmed? And, and tell me about that, if you could speak to That's that. That's right. That was one of the scenes that was uh, <laughs> taken out of the first film. In fact, we have some footage of that. The mm-hmm. Jabba the Hutt, there's a scene between Harrison Ford, Han Solo, and Jabba. Now, this was shot with a human actor. Now, they told us that they were always going to replace uh, the human actor with someone else. We think, since this fellow is in costume, that this was going to be the job of the hut. Anyway, this scene was 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 yeah. taken out. But I like that you know they had the footage, and then then they went to the computers. <laughs> they then decided, well, let's put it back for the third scene, but let's do it with the job of the hut we see in the third film. So they went to the computers, and look look what they've done. They they did the wire models. Uh, they drew on their computers, they, they added the skin, they added the color. And it's just an amazing process how they added all this material and then they digitally, they took Harrison Ford, inserted Java into the scene, uh, erased the old actor and added the new one. In fact, we have that to see the new scene. Let's take a look at it and see how it turned out. Mark kind of knows what's up too because he was saying that, you know, they, they always intended to go back and do some kind of special effect on Jabba instead of the original human Jabba. Mark's a little suspicious of that. Yeah. 
This this may be potentially the best thing going in here is just yeah how skeptical Mark is that they really intended for Java to be a creature. He's like, why is he wearing a costume? Mark could have gone hardcore and he'd been like, you know, there's that storyboard footage supposedly from 1977, but Salacious Crumb is in it. Salacious Crumb wasn't designed until Return of the Jedi, so I smell a rat here. Well, and Mark's got good advice. He's like, it's just a guy. Why don't they put a fake head on him? Well, in the original, it, I mean, it was a the, guy. It, it was well. That's they're saying that it was supposed to have been like this. Oh, but okay. the technology didn't exist. Okay, we don't believe it because the actor. Why put if the actor was there as a put, reference? Put point, a fake head on. Yeah, why put him in a in a costume? Right. Uh, if it was just going to well, be a reference point, but then you could still have human job of voice. Why do you have to fry Pogreed or like that? Why is he even an alien? It's just a guy. Maybe Mark just really liked human Jabba, and who can blame him? Who doesn't like human Jabba? It's true. You know, every time I see that scene with human Jabba, I'm like, hmm, (laughs) what if? Can human Jabba come back in the Andor show? I hope so. And it's just a guy named Jabba with a big furry outfit on. It's not Jabba the Hutt, just Jabba. It's like Beyonce, just Jabba. Yeah, just Jabba. You know, so, all right, we got to move on. We got Steven from Stockton. Oh, yeah. Um, this movie originally came out when I was three. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in a theater since then. I'm planning on going to see it this morning. Um, what I was wondering is since they're coming out with all these new ones, are they just getting us ready for the next one to come out? He might be on to something. That's Steven. I really appreciate that he's getting ready to go see the movie that morning. He's not messing around. He's he's, he's on. He's going to walk out the door as soon as he get off gets off the phone, so he can go see it that morning. He's got a whole Star Wars day. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to watch the live call-in show on Channel Three. I'm going to call in, and then I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to go watch some special edition. But that that leads us into, you know, if. Mark has any scoops about what's coming? Yeah, because apparently he goes to L.A. quite a lot, and he gets a lot of scoop. Because I know you go to L.A. quite a bit, and you got some scoop on that. That's right. It's funny, at this, this press conference we went to on the on the Fox lot, uh, there's so much misinformation about Star Trek. Even when they were talking to George Lucas, they would say, well, I heard this about the movie, I heard this and this, and he kept saying, no, that's wrong, that's not true, you know, that's not going to be the case. You know, there's a lot of misinformation out there about Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek's not what you think. Star Trek, Star Wars, it's a difference. It's in space. People are excited. People were excited about Star Trek in 97. Oh, it's first contact, yeah. yeah. Mark went to go see New Hope. He thought the Borg were going to show up. He's just like, <laughs> right. But then, then we get into the, we get into some hot scoops some rumors, some prequel rumors about Alec Guinness. Uh, with like Alec Guinness, one of the rumors on the internet was that uh, he played Obi-Wan Kenobi, that they were going to take footage of him as a young man from his early movies and insert this into the new Star Wars film. And he just started laughing, saying, no, that's uh, not true. So. <laughs> yes, George Lucas. George, no, it's not true. You're not just going to take footage from old Alec Guinness movies? I remember. I remember that was a thing. That was a, very, that was a real thing. We should have learned our lesson to stay off the internet back then, but we can't resist. It could be true. We need to know. All right. So then we go to Tom. He's at the coffee place. This is... Get ready for this, folks. This is Tom. 
Tom, welcome to News Call Live. You have a question for us? No, I just want to say I, I saw the uh, original one when I was a kid. Actually, I saw all three of them, and uh, it was the bomb then, and I think it's going to be the bomb now. That's about all I can say. You don't like? You didn't like it? No, 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 no. The bomb means it's good. Oh, okay. Because in movie business, bomb doesn't mean good. No, it's when it's the bomb, though. Oh, the bomb. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate um, that. Honestly, to... you're not as hip as... Well, uh... Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've, I've learned a little something today. The bomb. Oh, oh. <laughs> Tom is the bomb. It was the bomb then. It's the bomb now. <laughs> and it was the bomb in 97. And it's the bomb now. It's May the 4th. Star Wars is the bomb. And, and if you don't know, the bomb is good. Anytime anybody asks me ever, like, what does Star Wars mean to you? What, what do you love about Star Wars? I'm just going to revert back to Tom. I'm going to say it was the bomb then. It's the bomb now. Really? What more do you have to say? <laughs> After the bomb, this keeps getting weirder, and they take a little break to talk about Darth Vader and the voice of Darth Vader, James Earl Jones. And Mark decides to do his best James Earl Jones impression and say, this is CNN and go into a story about James Earl Jones saying he had a CB radio. And of course, that was the voice of James Earl Jones. That wasn't him in the costume. No, that's right. I was an actor, a tall right. actor in that. But uh, of course, James Earl Jones was the voice of uh, this is CNN. This is CNN. And he was I, also Terrence Mann in, uh, in Field of Dreams. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I interviewed in the voice of the, the father in, uh, in the, the Lion King. Okay. But, but, but I got one more interesting comment about James Earl Jones. I talked to him last year about that. And for a while, he had a CB radio and he would drive around uh, and his CB handle was Darth Vader. So James Earl Jones would get on the CB radio that would and be do funny. that. And he said he stopped doing it because it was freaking out truck drivers. And so he just put it away. Didn't they would be again. like looking up in the sky, wondering if they were somewhere near Roswell or something. <laughs> There's some great Mark Hamill interview footage from, it looks like 77, where you get to see Mark Hamill do his wonderful George Lucas impersonation, too. Uh, you know, it was kids from 15 to 35, and you went in, you spoke for five minutes, and you either made that first cut or you didn't. Mm-hmm. And about two months later, I got a five-page scene in the mail. They said, learn it. We're gonna do a, they're going to do a screen test. And so I met George for the second and last time before getting the part, walked in, and... Uh, he said, uh, "Okay, let's shoot it." And I said, "Do you want me to tell? Do you want me to tell me anything about the part or anything?" Uh-huh. Uh, no, I think we can just shoot it. And there's an interview with Carrie that's great, where she talks about getting getting the job by mail, and she does her her classic her Leia line that even when they were filming Last Jedi, she showed that she still knew backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. I met with George in a preliminary interview in November, and then. I was part of a lot of people who tested these video tests that they did the following January, I think, and they were sent over to George, who was scouting locations in Europe, and I was just hired by mail. Uh-huh. I think that <laughs> I got, I was the only person that actually could get out dialogue like, I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion to the memory systems of his R2 unit. See, I grew that. up saying things like that all the time. <laughs> then we got to move on to Fred in Stockton. Let's hear Fred. Hey, how you doing? I'm well, thank you. Yeah, my question was, uh, I, I have a video library. In fact, I just purchased the, uh, the trilogy. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. I, I know where this is going, okay, but keep going. Okay, yeah, I just purchased the, the trilogy, uh, the, all three movies, and the thing is I'm, I feel kind of um, 
cheated? Uh, yeah, kind of cheated because they're coming out. I'm, I'm sure they're going to be coming out with new videos, and I'm thinking, what, what, do I have to purchase new videos? Which is the same movie with? No, Fred. You should be able to take the old movies back and get full reimbursement. Of yeah. course, you're going to have to buy the new ones. Yeah, Wouldn't what, you want the new ones, though, Fred? Yeah, that's what I was looking for because I have the. Uh, I guess um, I got the digital sound. And, sure. Yeah. Uh, that's what my, my worry was there. That's fine, Fred. I, I, I'm worried about Fred. Do you think Fred is, you know, once you start on your video library, you really can't complain about more versions coming out. That's the whole point of the video library is to buy it over and over again till the end of time. Was Fred mad when they came out on Disney Plus? <laughs> my whole life for nothing. <laughs> Fred, we feel your pain. And then we got to go back to Buckthorn's Coffee Shop, the coolest coffee shop in the world, where we've got the wonderful question from Linda from Elk Grove. Asking the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> okay, let's take it out to Buckthorn's Coffee House. So Linda joins us from Elk Grove. Linda, you have a question for us? Um, I don't know if I have a question. <laughs> oh, what would you like to chat about? Um, well, I guess just it's kind of fun to think about this movie coming back out again and um, people seeing it that, you know, on a big screen that haven't seen it before, mm -hmm. including myself. I haven't seen it for a long time, so it'll be fun to see it on the big screen again with, with new scenes and um, it just kind of loses something on the video. I mean, I did see all the originals in the theater, so That's it'll right. be fun to see that again. Linda seems a little confused, but if it was special edition morning, I'm pretty sure I was pretty confused that whole day as well. <laughs> Just too too excited to ask questions on TV. Then we got to move on to Jason in Sacramento. Hey, good morning, Walt. What's going on, Jace? Hey, you're hip anyway, Walt. No matter what the bomb is. Question <laughs> and a bit of trivia. Uh, in the ad, it says it's digital and all that, but it says uh, six track digital sound. Is that a new aspect to the film? And also, was the soundtrack re-recorded digitally, or was it just remastered from the old stock? <laughs> Jason is asking real questions, real talk. He's like watching this show, being like, man, people are calling up asking about Jabba. Linda didn't even have anything to say. <laughs> I have a real question about six-track digital stereo sound. Yeah. What is it? And. Apparently, he's been watching this for 20 minutes and thinking these two guys are going to have all the answers. They 100% know. And Mark does a serious name drop here with someone he saw at the press conference not too long ago. Yeah, he brings up everybody's favorite, Ben Burt, and starts talking about how they got some footage and how Ben Burt was talking about the inspiration for the sounds for the speed bikes. These guys, a lot of these guys started when, when the quite young with George Lucas, and they've been there 20 years. And I talked to one of the guys, Ben Bird, who won an Oscar for his sound design. And it's amazing how they came up with some of, some of these sound effects. I don't know if you remember in one of the Star Wars films, the speed bikes, mm -hmm. those where they're, they're going through the woods mm -hmm. and they're making that, that, that weird noise. And I talked to, to Bert exactly how they came up with that sound. Let's listen. You know, the speed bikes fine yeah it's fine you know close enough it's fine shmi shmi nebu nebu speed bikes it's you know however you want to say it but that's like i was saying the major ingredients of blast points still still in something as ridiculous as this live call-in show the ben burt comes up and they play a ben burt at the special edition press conference clip 
which is Ben Burt talking Ben Burt stuff about the speed bikes. And Ben Burt has a name tag that looks like maybe Ben Burt wrote it himself. Given a glimpse into his madness. That was a sound I heard. I was in an office at Elstree Studios, and I heard a funny sound in the street outside. And I looked out, and there was a, a guy with a pneumatic air hammer with a stone had gotten caught, apparently, in the, in the rubber hosing. And it was... <laughs> He was fighting with this thing, and I ran and got my tape recorder, went outside, and said, don't do anything, just wait a minute. And the guy was looking at me, you know, and I recorded him trying to flush this stone out of the broken pneumatic air hammer, and that sound became the basis for the speeder bikes. And what, does Ben Burt have a tie with, like, beer bottles on it or something? <laughs> Purely for the, the sound reasons. I clang them together, and it makes a wonderful rhythmic tune. When I get dressed in the morning, I get dressed with my eyes closed, and this tie sounded the best. So we, we've got to move on. We got a call from Tom in Sacramento. This is, this is a hot one. Everybody, hang on. Hang on to your hats. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. What's going on with you? Oh, I just got a couple of things to say. Um, a while back, I had a friend that was like into Star Trek and Star Wars, and this was a while back. He told me that, that they were going to put part one, two, and three and try to sh- cram it all into like two two hours and I, when i heard that i was like no nah, you know because you each of those movies you got to see like individually you know what i mean no that, that, that's not true that, yeah, that's, i know, that's I, mean, not true. I, I know that now but i was like what you know because yeah. you can't you can't do that <laughs> oh we've all got that friend who's into star trek and star wars <laughs> trying to tell you a bunch of hogwash oh yeah if i had a nickel for every time a while back one of my friends is trying to tell me about star wars and star trek they're just going to do one. They're going to cram it all in two hours. It's like, no, each story needs to breathe. <laughs> Can't do that. What? Episode two. It's something about people named Tom. They have the best, best questions, best call-ins. As Tom was, he, again, he was sitting there watching the show, and he was thinking about that friend of his who was into Star Trek and Star Wars. <laughs> his blood started to boil. That guy was always telling me crazy stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We got to calm down a little bit, and we got to move on to Heather in Cortland. Is Heather there? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead, please. Hi. Um, the movie came out when I was nine, and I really enjoyed it. Went and saw it tons of times, and now I have children of my own. I want to take them to see it. Uh, and my question basically is, I wanted to know who played Chewbacca. Anybody that we know? Chewbacca. Actually, I have that information in my I might have that information. We're going to skip a little bit forward in time here because it takes them a very long time to figure out who played Chewbacca. Is it anyone they know? And basically, Mark's got to check his copy of People Magazine. See see what our vast resources, Heather? We have People Magazine somewhere. Actually, I will find that information out during the break and get back to you because my People Magazine is just a few feet away. Okay. We didn't have we didn't have iPhones back then, but luckily he had his People magazine there <laughs> in case there was any trivia questions. That's where Mark gets all of his information from People magazine. Finally, Mark finds out the name of the actor who plays Chewbacca from his People magazine that was laying on the floor somewhere. Who could it be? <laughs> Let's go to. Uh, do you have that? Yes, Chewbacca was played by actor Peter Mayhew. <laughs> who uh, is living in England. The late, great Peter Mayhew. <laughs> <laughs> who played Chewbacca? Oh, we loved you, Peter Mayhew. 
who may who <laughs> thank you heather thank you for asking asking the real the real questions well and we find out that you know peter's been keeping busy at the memorabilia shows he's seven feet three inches tall get out and he was an orderly at the uh, london's king's college hospital uh, until uh how old is he he is now what does it say does it say he's, he is now 52 years old so he's 52 yeah. he's seven foot three he could still play for the kings that's right <laughs> him and ralph sampson <laughs> so anyway he's he's playing at a lot of he goes to a lot of these uh, memorabilia shows and signs that's pretty impressive you know? I can't I can't wait for the big memorabilia show in August 2022 in Anaheim, California. I'll see you at the memorabilia show. Okay, we got to move on. We got to go back to Buckthorns and Ruben from Laguna is at Buckthorns. Let's let's hear what Ruben has to say. Ruben, are you going to go see the movie? Uh, yeah, I'm anticipating seeing it. You know, I never really got to see it in theaters. I only saw it on film. Mm-hmm. And I re- I'm really looking forward to seeing what they did to it and everything because I really enjoyed it when I was younger. Well, you're, you're too young to have seen it when it first came out, right, Ruben? Yeah. So um, you didn't ever get that big screen movie house theater uh, feel about it? Uh, no, I only saw it on video. Mm-hmm. It was one of my childhood favorites, though. Uh-huh. Do you, are a lot of the folks your age in your group, are, are they anxious to see it too? Uh, yeah, actually, we're going to see it after we attend class later on today we're trying to get tickets so we go see it later yeah you may have to see it tomorrow because i think they sold out a lot of shows today already uh, uh. <laughs> mark is the buzzkill <laughs> and ruben is just like ruben's like we're gonna go after class we're all excited all my friends are excited mark it's probably sold out <laughs> you're not gonna get tickets you better call the theater <laughs> jeez mark mark you don't even like it star wars <laughs> you don't think it's the bomb Ruben thinks it's the bomb. Yeah, I really hope Ruben got tickets. I, I hope so, too. Ruben, come on, Blast Points. Tell us what you thought of the 97 Special Edition. Was it still one of your childhood favorites when it when you were done? The, the bomb guy was at Buck, Buckthor, Buckthorns at the same time. So maybe Ruben should hook up with the bomb guy. They should all carpool <laughs> and go. Because I think the bomb guy has tickets. Yeah, I, I I like to imagine that everyone at Buckthorns just all went together afterwards, all hopped up on coffee. <laughs> Taxi, let's go. Okay, so then we go we go back to the phone lines, and we've got Keith. Okay, I got a trivia question for you. Uh, what what was the name of the character who was in all three movies, yet he only had a bit part in all three? Well, obviously, you win the prize. Gabe, when when Keith asked that question, did you know what character Keith was talking about? <laughs> I had no idea what Keith was talking about. <laughs> I, I was in on Keith's game. You are you are a better man than me. I did not know what Keith was talking about. So yeah, let's let's hear the the Keith's big reveal here. Uh, we don't know, Mark. You're the expert. We'll, we'll let you reveal it to Walt. Okay, Wedge Antilles. Oh, okay. Deanne in my ear just had that. One. Yeah, he's a snow spear in two, and he was head of the X wings in three. Oh. Okay. I like that uh, his producer Deanne knew the answer and was <laughs> was screaming it to him in the earpiece. It's Wedge. Don't you know, Dennis Lawson? Wedge. I think I was just confused because I thought it was Eddie Deason on the phone. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Could be. So, but Keith's not done. No, he is a trivia machine. Keith is like the Rusty Miller of Northern California. Let's let's hear what else Keith has to say. 
Well, well you one, got us. I want one more short question. And right. if you first heard George Lucas, other movies. And the cell block which Leo is held in, what, what's his number, and what did he refer to as an earlier movie? Oh, is that by a THX, by chance? Yeah. Okay, all right, because his first film at UC, USC Film School was THX 1138, yep, which was the license plate of John Milner's car in American Graffiti, which is also THX Sound. So. Oh, my goodness. Keith, we finally got one. Thanks for your phone call. Let's go to Keith Tom. really, you know, he really thought he had him. He's just like, no way. Is this Mark going to get these THS questions? Keith was probably going to the Starlog conventions. He was winning glossy photos of the cast of D Space Nine. <laughs> I, I was in I was in the Star Wars trivia competition. I stumped the whole crowd with my root leaf question. Keith should have been busting out some root leaf. <laughs> I got an Event Horizon T-shirt. It was worth all the all the effort. It's totally worth it. Oh, Keith. Okay, we got Terry and Carmichael. Here we go. Good morning, Walt. What's up, Terry? Hey, listen, I hear, hear a rumor twenty from 20 years ago when I first saw this film that uh, R2-D2 was named because it was roll to day two of the shoot. True, false? Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure about that. I thought the, the, that character went through a variety of different names, actually, so uh, I'm <laughs> not sure about that. <laughs> these, these questions are getting real. The hardcore fans are waking up now that it's you know getting a little closer to nine, and they're they they've had their coffee and they're ready to ask the real questions. Mark obviously doesn't know his Walter Murch history, so Terry, I guess, was only half right with real two day two, right? Because it's real two dialogue track two potentially, but he's close enough. They, they should have had Terry on the show answering the trivia questions instead of asking the trivia questions. But this is a great segue into a interview with R2-D2 and 3PO that Mark got to do. Totally unscripted, and you can hear it in Mark's voice. Not planned at all. It's completely off the cuff. It may have been filmed live. How does it feel to be interviewed by me, Mark Gretschmel, from KCRA TV in Sacramento? We are simply delighted, of course. That reminds me, which of you two answers the fan mail? I do get fan mail, lots of it. Well, anyway, I am fluent in over six million forms of communication, and I am the one with fingers, so I answer for both of us. So after that, Walt is asking Mark some serious questions, something we were all wondering back then. How many parts are going to be in the Star Wars? How many episodes are we going to get? Is it three? Is it six? Is it nine? And then they play a pretty fascinating Lucas clip where he's act, he's talking about the prequels and the sequels. And I was pretty determined to get those three movies finished. After the first film came out and suddenly it was a giant hit, which was a big story, I said, oh, I get to do these two movies. And everybody said, well, what are you going to do? And we going to say, well, gee, you know, I can do these backstories too. And that would be interesting to be able to make it. And that's where the sort of starting in episode four came because I said, well, gee, maybe I'll do the, the, the other three. The other, I can make three out of this backstory. And then, so that evolved right around the time the film was released, you know, after I knew it was a success. Uh, and then everybody started saying, well, you're going to do sequels. And I said, gosh, sequels. Well, I guess I could do sequels. You know, I could do three, you know, of what happens later on. 
But that was really an afterthought. I don't have scripts. I don't have any story. The only notion on that one is, is wouldn't it be fun to get all the actors to come back when they're like 60 and 70 years old and make them make make three more that are about them as old people? And so that's about as far as that one's gone so far. These, obviously, the first six will get finished. Can't forget in this interview clip, they have George Lucas listed as writer. <laughs> writer of Star Wars in quotes. So. He didn't do a lot on, on Star Wars, but he did write it, which is his favorite thing to do, too, is to was the writing. I don't know. Seven, eight, nine, they're never coming out. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think they're ever going to happen. But speaking of things that will never happen, then we cut to the next major ingredient, the one and only, the Rick McCallum. <laughs> and he's listed as Star Wars, in quotes, producer. <laughs> Rick is in full Rick mode. It's 1997, and he's seen episode one in his mind. He's telling us exactly what's going to happen in it. It's a story of a family, and it starts with, you know, Darth Vader as a young boy, and we follow him. We see him get married. We see him have kids. We see what happens to his kids. We see the choices that he makes. And then, of course, we see his redemption. So it is ultimately one, it will be one 12-hour film. It's crazy, too, like watching the clip of Rick talking there. It's, it's it's just Rick being Rick, saying Rick McCallum stuff. Darth Vader is a young boy. That's what he talks about. He's still talking about somewhere. He's somewhere in Prague right now. And they're like, how are you today, sir? And he's like, Darth Vader is a young boy. We get to see him grow up. We get to see him get married. So we got to move on. We got to move on to Rob from Stockton. He's got some trivia. I um yeah, I have a little like trivia question I guess. Um in the first Star Wars movie, um what was the name of Luke's aunt and uncle? And uh, also as far as the merchandising goes and like how they're just pumping up and hyping up Star Wars, you know, uh w- will the value of the toys, you know, be any, you know, greater or, you know, do you think they'll be less than the uh, old toys? Gabe what was the name of Luke's aunt and uncle? Do you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> I have no idea what their name is. They're, tump- they're pumping out the toys. Will it make the value of the older toys more valuable? You know, they're just making merchandise for yuppies. <laughs> let's, let's, hear, let's hear Mark's answers here. <laughs> well, the more toys there are, uh, the less valuable. Well, you'll be able to distinguish between the original toys from 20 years ago and the new stuff that like, you'll be able to get with your Whopper. Yes, well, you know, they, they've been releasing Star Wars stuff, like, since the movie came out. I mean, not too long ago, they were advertising those Darth Vader figurines, and I think they were, like... There's some really expensive merchandise that they're aiming at at yuppies that they were that they were selling. So I think the more limited edition the the object, the more valuable. Okay, did you get the aunt and uncle question? Uh, I know what happens to the aunt and uncle in the movie. I don't want to reveal what it what it is here for the viewers who haven't seen it, but I cannot remember their names. Okay. He only saw it twice. (laughs) So so we can't be too hard on him. You know, and, 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 you know, maybe he was uh, groaning or he fell asleep during that part, you know. <laughs> we got to move on to Chris at Buckthorns. He's from Laguna Creek. Let's hear what Chris has to say. Oh, Chris, I'm Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Um, yeah, I just wanted to see Star Wars because uh, I was too young when I was I was a little kid when it first came out. And uh, how old are you? How old are you, Chris? Oh, I'm I'm uh, 18. You're 18. So yeah. you missed that whole thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, how, how aware were you, Chris, of Star Wars before this re-release? Well, um, I wasn't. I'm not sure. I wasn't. I'm not sure when it first came out. So, <laughs> I mean, I knew I was too young to. I don't. I don't even really remember it. But, but you know who chance. all the characters are and all that. Uh, not really. But this is my chance to catch up on that. I guess he's got. Yeah, he'll he'll catch up in the next few days. Yeah. yeah. Chris, thanks for joining us and okay. have fun at the movies. All right. Thanks. Okay, you know, take though, care. Let's go to Chris. Thinking about that, it's really awesome, and that's something that is not talked about enough that there are so many fans that came in at the special editions. Right. Cause that was the first time for a lot of people to see it at the movie theater. And it, it is a different experience than watching it at home. And especially not only were you not seeing it at the theater, TVs were tiny. It's not like today where you're, you have a giant TV in your house. It's a big deal. He's excited. He just wants to see it. He just wants to know what it's all about. I heard it's cool. They're talking about it on the call-in news. MTV's talking about it. He heard right. It's it's the bomb. <laughs> he was in. The, he heard Tom talking about it, and he's like, "Yes, I really want to see this now." That's a, we got Joe in Sacramento. Hi, how you doing? Pretty good. Um, I have. A, I don't have actually any questions. I just have a couple of comments to make. One, I, I actually had a sneak preview pass to this new special edition a couple weeks ago. Good. Saturday morning one. And yeah. I was very happy with it. Good. And the answer to the question on the aunt and uncle is uh, Baru and Lars. Oh, yeah, um, like you knew that. Or you, yeah, right. <laughs> Joe's, Joe's got, you know, like the inside hookup. He's seen it already. He went to the, the press screening, and he's pumped up, and he knows the answer to the question. He knows who Luke's aunt and uncle are. It's pretty close. <laughs> it's technically correct. Yeah, yeah, I know. Technically, but, you know, Joe, you know, he's, he's a lot closer than uh, Mark was. They give they give some 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 hot gossip on David Prouse. Where's David Prouse gonna be next? Okay, uh, thank you, Joe. I wanted to make a comment that um, David Prouse, the man who was inside of um, the, the the Darth Vader costume, he's gonna actually be here in Sacramento on uh, Valentine's Day. Oh, A1, how appropriate! At, at A One Comics. Okay. So. A1 Comics, Darth Vader on Valentine's Day. I don't know what you folks got planned on Valentine's Day. <laughs> take your date, take your wife, take your husband, take everybody to A1 Comics in Sacramento. You got to go see the Prouse. Maybe he'll write, I love you. Some people like to do romance on Valentine's Day. Some people like to talk about fitness with David Prouse. <laughs> you can bring David Prouse a box of chocolates. And a, and a red rose. Like, the, this, the final rose is for you, David Browse. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Phil in Stockton. Uh, how you doing, big guy? All right, big guy. What's up? Uh, not much. Hey, listen, I just want to have a question for both of you. You know, I, I've been a diehard Star Wars fan since I was one when my parents and my family would to take to see the movie in the original theaters. Uh-huh. And I've got all the stuff, and, you know, I've got even got the radio plays. I was just wondering, is this really worth uh, going to see again? I mean, is it really that? Yeah, how how different is it, Mark? Well, like I said, it's not that much different, but judging by the reaction of the, of the Star Wars fans, and I was never, you know, a big Star Wars uh, uh, groupie or anything. Thing, but by the re- reaction of the fans at the screening, they they seem to love it. <laughs> How you doing, big guy? <laughs> he's got the, he's got the radio plays. Yeah, he's got all the stuff. Now this is where I'm confused. If you got all the stuff and you even have the radio plays, why do you even need to ask if it's worth going to see it again? 
Because obviously, you've been watching this. You saw the clip about Jabba. It's worth it's worth going back to see. If you've listened to all the radio plays, seriously, all the radio plays. What's what's another two hours watching some some digital Jabba's gonna do? <laughs> you think that uh, I'll do it? Of course I'll do it. You just you need to find out what happens with Jabba, and then that's it. They start talking about like courtroom cameras. Yeah, no. so yeah, then it suddenly gets you think we're all having fun, and this is all more Star Wars stuff. And then it's like, okay, now we gotta take we gotta listen to the voicemail voicemails about cameras in the courtroom and wet blood. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that the camera should be in the uh, courtroom. If I ha- if the camera hadn't been in the courtroom, I wouldn't have seen the glove that was found at Rockingham, and it was obvious it had been folded in half and in half to a fourth. That's why the blood was still wet. <laughs> Come on, I was thinking about the radio plays. This is getting just getting into this. Can we talk about? Baru and Lars some more? <laughs> I'm thinking about Valentine's Day. I'm thinking about Baru and Lars. I want to hear about wet blood. But okay, yeah. so aside from Star Wars being the bomb, this video, like we said, it is just a snapshot in time of that pre-prequels we're going to see the Star Wars movies. I don't even know what they're about. I don't know what happens in them. It was the first time Star Wars madness had really hit on this level of just ridiculous excitement. Maybe since Return of the Jedi, especially since 1977. It was just such an incredible, incredible time. And the cool thing kind of thinking about it now is it's like we get to go through it again Every few months when something new drops on Disney Plus, you know, like that level of excitement is happening all the time. Like it's going to happen when Mando season three drops. It's going to happen with the Kenobi show with Andor. It's happening with Bad Batch right now. This Star Wars excitement is commonplace now. And that's kind of awesome. At least it is for us. (laughs) And yeah, Star Wars isn't just the movies. It's the real people who get sucked into the world of the movies and a lot of it is just average normal everyday people who aren't aren't sick individuals but they're just like hey what is this star wars thing i want to check it out i like this and it's part of the fun of yeah every time there's something new just more people realizing that this really weird space drama is actually a lot of fun and and i like it the fan excitement is what keeps this whole thing going, whether it's some weirdos doing a podcast or people writing fan fiction or a little kid that is playing with some action figures and has never even seen the movies. Like that all counts and they're all fans. And I think that's, you know, that's what this whole thing, this May the 4th thing is all about. It's about the fans and. Star Wars is the bomb. And even, you know, if you only want to watch Empire, that's okay. You can still be a fan. It's totally fine. You can skip those other two, you know, whatever. Whatever you're into, it's totally cool. It's totally cool.
was the number one movie in the country. Last weekend, history repeated itself as millions of people joined the celebration. You're braver than I thought. And made it the number one movie. I knew you were coming back. I couldn't do it. Well, I was going to let you get all the credit. All over again. Come on, R2. We're going. Star Wars, the special edition. This is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dulan, Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Blast Points with Jason and Gabe. May the Force be with you always. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. you know the deal with apple podcast reviews when you're done listening if you listen on something apple go over there write a little something nice about blast points we will read your review on an upcoming episode we promise and it helps show mysterious ways and it brings warm feelings to our hearts we honestly do love reading those reviews and after that make sure you're checking out our website blastpointspodcast.com home of the handy search feature the best way to find any back episodes you might be looking for and make sure you are following us on instagram twitter facebook and if you're on facebook make sure you are in the chill group and if you want to support the show a different way we have got the blast points army over there on patreon where we've got our ongoing series where we're breaking down the episode one documentary the beginning but we have got to give a big shout out to the new members of the blast points army and that is a huge thank you to paul san ion cannon maria brad ben and adam thank you all so much for joining up hope you're digging all the bonus stuff and yeah we can't say enough thank yous to the to the bird brothers for saving this priceless time capsule of star wars history and and sharing it for the world on youtube thank you brandon and darren when that about wraps up episode number 265 here look forward to next week next week is going to be our episode all about the first two episodes of the bad batch so if you're watching bad batch and you're like don't worry next week it's going to be an all Bad Batch extravaganza in next week's episode. So something to look forward to. Star Wars is the bomb. It was the bomb then. It's the bomb now. Hope everybody's having an awesome May the 4th. Doing some Star Wars stuff. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Call up your grandma. Let her know. Star Wars is still the bomb. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.
No, I just want to say, I, I saw the uh, original one when I was a kid. Actually, I saw all three of them, and uh, it was the bomb then, and I think it's going to be the bomb now. That's about all I can say. May the force 